what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast with Juliana. We are going to talk today about the pace of grace. The pace of grace. Man, I must say, I have had a love-hate relationship with this topic. <laughs> Only because I know the pace of everything but grace, right? Like, I know the pace of hustle mode and beast mode. I know the pace of force and pressure and trying to control things and figure things out. I know the the pace, right, of of overwhelm, right, and confusion and chaos and and production. I know the pace of those things, right? And sometimes when you are so familiar with the pace of chaos, right? And drama, you can almost create that because it's your comfort zone. It's what you're most familiar with. It's what you know how to operate in. And sometimes we create it because of that. Not not that it's intentional, but subconsciously we do things like that. So when I started learning about the pace of grace, and particularly, let me break it down for a second, that's moving at the speed and the rhythm of God's grace. That, in my own definition, is living a a submitted or a surrendered spirit-led life. It's saying, you know what? I'm not God. (laughs) And I am inviting God into all that I think, say, and do because I know that God's wisdom is not something that I can afford to live without. I know that being outside God's covering is a dangerous place to be, right? Like I've seen those movies before. I've seen how that plays out and I see how that doesn't work for me. So I choose to invite God into all that I do and to operate by grace. I'm not going to operate by my own strength, my own empowerment. I'm not going to self-help and really limp my way through life. God does not want us to limp through life, okay? And you don't have to live through life anymore by grace. You don't have to lean on your own understanding. You don't have to figure everything out. You don't have to control people or outcomes. You don't have to wake up stressed and have all of this extra weight on your shoulders, right? So we're going to talk about that today. <laughs> you might you might see like, ooh, like this is one of those messages that I need to hear and I'm open to hear, but I need some grace in my life in order to make that happen. Well, the good news is, is God has provision for all of that, okay? So Romans 11.6 says that if it is grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace, okay? So this is a full understanding that if I'm going to operate by grace, if I'm going to follow God's lead, I've got to let God lead. I got to rely on, the word actually says it this way, I'm going to lean on, rely on, and trust in God fully, 
right? It's it's not, oh, I'm going to release this to God and then I'm going to pick it up because I don't think God is working. <laughs> it's not, I'm going to pray about this thing and then I'm going to worry all day about it, right? That's that's creating this double-mindedness in us. That's creating this instability or this instability, right? So when we're counting on grace, we have to fully lean into that, recognizing and humbling ourselves. Like, I don't got this. Unless God is on this, it ain't going to work, right? And then there's another one, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, that says, For by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not of our own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one can boast, right? God gets all the credit. God gets all the glory for everything in our life. (laughs) Even our very being, God gets the credit for that, right? We are his creation, all right? There is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 that says, my grace is sufficient for you, okay? So when you start to, to doubt or question God's grace, my grace is sufficient for you. For what? For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Whenever you feel, you know, like you don't have the answer, whenever it looks hopeless, whenever it seems impossible, what does it say? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness, Okay, then it adds, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Okay, I know this to be true too. Anytime something is a God vision, it's so much bigger than anything we could ever do on our own. It's impossible, right? Which just looking at it would be overwhelming. But knowing that you're going to do it by grace through faith, that's a very different way of showing up and operating, right? Okay, it says in James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I do not want opposition from God, (laughs) right? Like I want to be on the same team. I want to be in alignment, right? Like I need God's power operating in my life, okay? That was James 4, 6, all right? And then it says in Hebrews, there's a ton of these. So I would just encourage you to do your own grace study, all right, but it says in Hebrews 4:16, let us then with confidence, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we can confidently come before God and ask for grace. That's something that you can ask for. That's something that that God wants to help you. Okay? We have it in our mind that we've got to be independent, self-sufficient, self-reliant, all of those things, but it's our self-focus that actually prevents us from having confidence. It prevents us from having that godfidence, if you will. It prevents us from really operating in our power because we're so limited in and of ourselves. Okay, apart from God, the word says we can do no thing. Apart from God, I am nothing, right? So when we get that twisted, that's usually when we start to stumble and get caught up in things. And grace, just to to break this down further, by definition is unmerited divine assistance given to us for, uh, for help in our time of need, particularly with sanctification and working out and walking out our own salvation, right? So... It's really, I would say, your willingness or your capacity to enjoy this divine assistance, to welcome it, to to count on it, to, to lean on it and rely on it in your life. It's freely given, unmerited favor and love of God, okay? 
Another way to simply state it is the influence of the Spirit of God operating in us to regenerate us of that new nature and to strengthen us. So it is empowerment, all right, like no other. (laughs) I absolutely love that, okay? And it's what really allows you to live from the inside out. It's what allows you to be full of joy because the joy of your Lord, the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? So it is what helps you have that supernatural strength and energy and focus to do whatever God has purposed for you to do. And it's important to note that it's the influence of the Spirit of God. So this this comes from grace really operates when we grow and develop our relationship with Christ. The more we are having quiet time, the more we are developing relationship, fellowship, fellowshipping with God, having intimate time with God. And intimacy is into me see. Okay. So the more we're learning about God, the more that we're seeing, knowing, recognizing God, building that track record with God, sensing how he's communicating and revealing things to us, keeping a you know, maybe it's it's index cards of testimonies where God has come through and just really magnifying him in your life, you start to really operate by grace. You start to recognize how you're doing that over time, okay? So what I want to highlight here is that the pace of grace is different than any other pace that you will probably recognize or that you know or that you've experienced it. Okay, I know I can give some examples of where I've experienced the pace of grace in my own life. Often it's any time that I'm doing something creative. So for me, usually creativity, that seems to happen. It's happened in athletics where I fall into what they call a flow state. I believe that that is a grace state (laughs) where I'm just able to just have crystal clear flow focus, hone in on what needs my attention and just get it done, right? that is grace, right? Like everything else in the room is not in the room, right? It might be in the physical, but it's not relevant to me. Like I'm not even picking up on it because my focus is that uh, tunnel vision, right? On where it needs to be. So that happens in athletics a lot. You know, and it's wild to me. Like I could be running on a track, right? And hit that flow state or that state of grace, that that pace of grace, literally while I'm running and I'm exhausted and I'm sweating and I'm breathing like crazy, right? But my body and my entire being is under the influence of grace, right? So I'm not feeling how painful that is necessarily, like something else takes over, right? And I'm able to do what was impossible, right? So I've experienced that a lot in athletics. I've experienced it as a writer, I am somebody that did not identify as a writer (laughs) for many years of my life. I laugh because I used to resist writing. I used to think that writing was punishment, that, you know, you have to go to your room (laughs) and sit for a while and and just write. Like, that sounds like punishment. I want to go play outside. I want to do all these other things. Writing is is not it. But I have found when I am spending time with God, when I am journaling, when I'm in prayer, when I've been writing books, this is where God takes over. This is where puzzle pieces are connected for me. Things make sense. I just literally catch this pace and this rhythm of grace and I can sit there for for hours at a time. Um, I was laughing because I had a friend come over and check on me while I was writing this upcoming book and doing like editing on it. And he came over 
earlier in the day and then he had left and he came back and I hadn't moved. Like I hadn't eaten, I hadn't showered. So I had sat in that space for probably over 10 hours just writing, writing, writing and I wasn't finished. Like I continued for about five more that that specific day and it was just funny because he's like, I don't know how you do it, right? So thank God for friends that can check on you, right? <laughs> but it was it was crazy and like honestly looking back at it, that that seems strange. And I know that it's flow state because that's not always how it happens. Like writing is not always a beautiful process. Like sometimes you show up and you have the the stereotypical writer's block and nothing is flowing. Other times like you're straight up in a flow. So my, if there's any writers out there, my suggestion is just to be consistent and show up no matter what. And then when flow takes over, make sure that you embrace it and you move everything else out of the way. All right, so those are two examples, athletics, um, creativity. I notice it when I am very intentional about inviting God into situations. I can see where that state happens. So a lot of times if this is a stressful situation, like a work situation, where there's a lot of, um, what's the best way to say this, where there's a lot of tension or conflict in the atmosphere, or I am sensing things might not unfold well at a particular meeting, let's say, or just something, right? Like there's been a build leading up to it that hasn't been graceful. I will pray and intentionally invite God into that and be very prophetic and and declare things into the situation. Um, And I will see how the grace pace and the grace flow takes over. It is wild. Um, So I notice that whenever I am speaking, whenever I am coaching, whenever I am operating in these God-given gifts, right, I notice grace take over. And that's also how I've recognized in my own life story what is part of a purpose for me and what is something that's just potential. Ooh, this has got to be for somebody. I'm feeling something on this. So this was not where I was going to go. But if you are, you know, I hear this a lot. I see it a lot about being multi-passionate, good, bad, right or wrong, neither here nor there, right? But I don't believe in just doing things because you can do them or just focusing on the potential and trying to get all your potential out. If you focus on your purpose, that is the most effective thing that you can do, okay? So like an example of this, take Jesus, all right? Jesus, if we want to talk about potential, Jesus had all the potential, all the potential in the world to do what, whatever, whenever, right? For real, Jesus is God, right? So Jesus has all the power, all the potential, right? But what did he focus on? Purpose. That's why he said it is finished with me. So th- the most effective thing I would say to do is focus on purpose because that's where you're most fulfilled. That's where you have this pace of grace operating in your life where you see God take over. That's how you actually really walk out your salvation. That's how you have the greatest impact in the world when you are operating on purpose, okay? So for whoever that's for, you're welcome. But yeah, I would just encourage you right now to just, you know, call to remembrance times, places, spaces where you really feel like you fall into this pace of grace, right? Where you surrender maybe your hustle beast mode, you surrender your control, you surrender, you know, your need to figure it out, your your need to plan, your need to have every detail 
fall into alignment, you surrender all of that and you just let God take over. Like just even for you, like think about that, call that to remembrance now, but make a list of those things and really pay attention to that because that is really good information for you to know and to track with, okay? And if you want to get really good at anything, I would think it would be walking by the spirit, okay? So in a simple way, how I started to define this was I just started calling the the pace of grace, spirit-led living in a spirit-driven life, okay? This is something, it's where God's vibes matter came from for me because I didn't know God. I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't know that I could. I didn't know how to hear from God. I didn't know if that was an option for me or if he only talks to special people. (laughs) I didn't know how to just live from my spirit, right? And and trust that that was enough. Like I knew how to effort my way through life and figure things out and make them happen. And so I really, really was afraid of what would happen if I, I suddenly started letting go and releasing control, right? It felt like the end of the world because it was so counterintuitive to me. So God's Vibes Matter became this mission. And now it's my mantra. It's my brand all about how do I keep God first, right? How do I think like God? How do I speak like God? How do I express myself like God? How do I show up and operate in my God-given identity, right? Like what did God have in mind when he created me? Who did he put me on this earth to be? How do I align with that, right? How do I really connect with God's heart, right? What What is God doing here? How do I connect with that versus what I want to do and how I want to do it and when I want to do it, right? Very countercultural too. That's why this can be tricky to do. Um, so that's where that came from for me. That's where I started discovering this. But, but in a simple way, I just call it spirit-driven living, a spirit-driven life. That's what I want. I want God involved in all that I do. Um, and spirit-led living, it is way more powerful. I know this to be true, to be inspired into action than to be forced into action. And if you look at how we're set up in relationship with God, we have free will. God wants us to choose him. We don't have to, Right. Check out your own life. Usually when we're stressed, when we're overwhelmed, when we're frustrated, God is not on the throne in our life. Usually, right? We, we just decided that quiet time wasn't important, that our to-do list was more important, that doing all these other things was more important, that not having boundaries was important, right? Like we decided so many other things and a lot of times that can be habitual or that can be subconscious, but living asleep and sleepwalking through life is gonna catch up with you eventually, right? Like eventually there will be a wake up call, but it doesn't have to lead to that, right? There could definitely be ways that you you stay woke, if you will, every day, okay? This is real talk, right? <laughs> so think about that. How can you be in your God consciousness every day, okay? We could live in broken consciousness. That That's usually when we are in like a victim status or a damaged status or you know, trauma is speaking for us or unhealed parts of ourselves are speaking for us, that's broken consciousness. What that means is there is a belief system or a paradigm that is not in agreement with the truth, right? We actually are believing lies about ourselves and operating from them. So if we think and if we think a lie, if we believe it, then we start to feel some kind of way about that, right? We feel like it's true and then we behave like it too. So if we believe, for example, that we are a victim or unworthy, we will usually feel really depressed and and victimized and, um, you know, just disappointed and negative 
a lot, right? We're definitely not happy, joyful people. And then we usually surround ourselves or come into contact with or have situations that reinforce that belief, right? We get what we think about whether we want it or not. So living asleep is not productive, right? Unless you want to keep living in that that cycle, in those patterns, right? But waking up is a beautiful thing, and it's the most freeing and fulfilling thing that you could ever step into. And that's where your purpose is, and that's where your impact is, that's where your power is. So the beautiful thing about living a spirit-led life is you don't have to figure this all out. <laughs> God usually leads one day at a time, one moment at a time, one step at a time. So whereas we like to see the whole staircase, God gives us a step. Okay, then we take the step and he builds it with us. So he's walking with us on the journey. That's the most beautiful thing because you have support. You're never alone. He helps you uh, steward well what you're given and not take on extra things. And he helps monitor your pace. He helps you move in the pace of grace, right? Outside of relationship with him, we can't really understand that, right? We're going to start trying to get out ahead of God or falling back. You know, we can't really walk that way apart from him, which is a beautiful way to to really keep relationship and connection a priority, right? Like I can't afford to get out of alignment with God. I can't afford to get out of step with God. I can't afford to fall back, right? Or get out ahead, right? So having a spirit-led life, I think some things that, that make this practical are developing daily practices to help you keep God first, okay? So I was one of those people that you know, made my schedule and invited God into it, right? Or started a thing and just wanted God to bless it. (laughs) So I had to do a lot of work of, and I still do to this day, of pulling back and saying, okay, God gets to decide my schedule, right? And God is going to be the first thing in my day because if I don't do that, I still have a tendency, right, to get out ahead or to make things happen on my own, right? And those days never go well. Okay, they're just not the same. They don't have the glory factor. So having practices or things that help you be in tune or turn up the volume of God's spirit in your life, that's really important. So some examples would be having quiet time the first thing in your day. And if you're really not hearing God, I would turn up that that time, the, the amount of time, you know. So instead of five minutes or just opening the Bible, picking a verse, closing it and going about your day, like stop that, right? (laughs) Really? Is that how you do relationships too? Let's be real. Okay. Pull back. If you want an authentic, genuine, life-giving relationship with God, you've got to sacrifice some time. You've got to make it a priority, right? Like you don't get the benefits of relationship without an investment. Okay. So set aside time. Maybe, maybe, turn it up to an hour. Part of that time is going to be prayer time and devotional time. Another part of that time is just listening, right? And allowing God to give you wisdom and allowing him to give you revelation and reveal things to you and guide you and give you your marching orders and the steps for the day, right? Maybe it's a couple of hours. I know uh, in a certain season, and this can change by season, and it's important too to just pay attention to what God is doing with you so that you can really honor that But I know that this has changed for me over different seasons. There was one season where it was two hours straight up. Like if I have to get up at 4.30 because I got to get this in before work, like that is a priority for me right now. If I need to remove certain things from my life because I need to hear God more, I will do it because this is my priority right now. I can't function without this. So I'm willing 
to sacrifice. Now, I will say I was in like a very desperate, hungry place for that to happen. But God is the only one that I wanted to feed that desperation and that hunger, okay? Like, I don't, I don't need to be hungry or thirsty for anything else. <laughs> so I was sure to remove things from my life and make that time happen. Another way to do it, too, is, is get rooted in church community or an accountability community where you can uh, really be hearing God's word or applying it and integrating it into your life in another way. So some sort of small group or study of some kind where you're really learning and being challenged, huge. So I've done this through different ministry school prov- uh, programs. I've done this um, as led though. So just just really pay attention to that. If there's something that you really want to learn, do a study on it. Sometimes you can lead your own study, but sometimes you just need to receive. So just pay attention. I would make a list. This is what I'm getting. Make a list of the things that you need spiritually and then be available for God to give you wisdom about how to do that. I know for me, another thing was service, right? Just being in service also pointed me to my purpose. I didn't really find purpose until I was in service. So he will guide you, honestly, to to those places where you're called to serve as well so that you can be in the doing of what he's revealing to you and really gain all of the wisdom and glean all the wisdom practically and experientially. So those are some ideas that I have. But you really want to have these these spaces in these areas of your life to really pay attention to how God is moving so that you understand how to be driven by that. What does it feel like to be inspired by the Spirit for you personally and to take action, right? And then what is the outcome, right? And then compare. So when you do things out of your own habits or out of your own motivation, out of your own drive, out of your own force, and then you act, right? And then you get an outcome. How does that go? Versus you get this inspired action, you get this divine idea, this divine download, you get this intuitive hit, right? You you are inspired. Literally being in the spirit means inspired. You're inspired to do something. God is revealing something to you. God is highlighting something to you. God is putting something on your mind, right? You take the action, you respond with instant obedience, and you get a different result. One, I would say is influence, the other is impact. And it's just a matter of which one is priority to you, right? Because God speaks. Will we listen? Will we be led by it? Will we be directed by it? It is a different pace, okay? The word says that God leads in ways of pleasantness and peace. I use that as a guardrail in my life, okay? If I'm not feeling peace, if this doesn't feel pleasant, this can't be God's wisdom, right? I'm not under the influence of God right here. Like I'm listening to fear, I'm listening to worry, I'm listening to something, but it ain't God right now, right? So that that lets me know when I need a time out, <laughs> when I need to take five, when I need to go pray, when I need to invite God into this, when I just need to acknowledge God. It can be as simple as acknowledging God sometimes, right? Thank you, God, that you are good. Thank you, God, that you are sovereign. Thank you, God, for giving me wisdom in this moment. God, I give you the weakness that I'm experiencing right now. I release that to you, and I thank you in exchange. You give me your strength and your focus, right? Thank you for providing exceedingly abundantly for all I could ever dare ask, think, or imagine, right? So a lot of times that alone shifts everything, right? So it doesn't have to be some dramatic thing. It's just being in constant contact with God, Literally, and deciding to walk with him. So I just want to hold up that that is a different pace. The world will tell you hustle and 10x and force and and be the best and succeed and mer, right? But like, what does that even mean? 
do you know? Are you just following suit? Are you just part of the herd, right? Like, what are you doing here? The word says, my sheep know my voice, right? So we, we can recognize God. We, we know his voice. We know how to be led by it. Will we? That's something different, right? But it's a different pace because God isn't going to be louder than all that noise that you're listening to. And if you're set on going your own way anyway, you're not going to hear God because you'll dismiss it. God could still be speaking to you, but you could easily dismiss it or overlook it because you're not accustomed to listening. So my encouragement to you would be to do an assessment of your own life right now, how you've been living on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, oh yeah, I'm spirit driven, <laughs> no question. And zero being like, mm, I don't even, mm, I, I don't know, right? Where are you at on the spectrum of letting God lead in your life? Co-laboring with God is amazing. It is the most gratifying, powerful, fulfilling, whew, it's, it's amazing. There's nothing like it, right? But where are you at on that scale? Is God leading? Do you have relationship with God? Do you know how to hear from God for yourself? Do you have a track record with God? Are you, are you walking with God? What does that look like? Okay. And then wherever you are, decide to, to look at your life. What is it that you need to grow spiritually? Just like we grow mentally, physically, emotionally, all the things. What do you need to grow spiritually? And really just make a list of that and ask God to guide you to the resources, to the tools, to the coaches, to the mentors, to the church community, to wherever it is that you need, to, to the service, um, to the places of service where he wants you to volunteer and serve. Just allow him to guide you and start really paying attention to when you are under the influence of the spirit or when you are under the influence of something else and how that impacts what you're able to do, who you're able to be, and the impact that you can have in your sphere of influence. All right, the pace of grace, guys. Something to think about, something to challenge yourself to embrace for sure. For sure, for sure. All right, guys, if this message blessed you, make sure if you don't already that you subscribe. It is amazing too. Sharing is caring. Copy the link, share it with a friend. You can also connect with me over at julianapage.com. If you are currently not on my newsletter at all, make sure that you go to the website, julianapage.com, fill out the freebie so that you can be the first to know when some new things are coming out. Um, and that you can also, over there on the site, check out the YouTube channel, social media links, coaching programs, courses, all the goods are over there. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.